Oh, hell, do you read me? Affirmative, Dave. I read you. What's up, everybody? You're listening to a brand new episode of the All Things Dave podcast, and I'm your host, Phantom Dark Dave, and today we're taking a journey into the sky. I got Neil Fraser back on the show, but today we're going to talk about science fiction. What's up, buddy? Hello, hello, hello. Uh, we've never done sci-fi between us before, I don't think. Not really, man. Usually when you come on here, we're talking horror, or sometimes we get off on a little bit of the uh, DC Marvel tangent, but secretly, you know, we both love science fiction. Well, to, to be honest, it's kind of, it was what, it was kind of, whereas horror was something I wasn't allowed to watch, sci-fi was the very much the family friendly, and growing up in the 80s and the 90s, there was an abundance of, of sci-fi, so it was the boom, I think, to be honest, it was a um, great time for, for sci-fi TV, as I'm sure we're about to find out. Yeah, I don't know how much crossover we're going to have, but I was telling you originally I was going to do a solo episode on this topic because there are a lot of sci-fi TV shows that mean a lot to me, especially throughout my lifetime. But, uh, you know, when you, this was your idea. Like, I told Neil, like, hey, I want to get you back on the show. You know, we went for a while without you coming on here. Then I did a catching up episode with you. And then I was like, let's bring you back. Let's do it. Let's pick a topic. And literally, one of the first things Neil said is, how about a top five sci-fi show? And I was flabbergasted because, uh, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Because I honestly don't know many things that are going to be on your list. So I'm in for a treat, just like the audience. I mean, I... I... Thinking about it today, I have a speculative guess about what your top three is going to be, and I was going to write it down and then hold it top up at three. the end. Oh my! I, I wasn't going to get five, but I think there's going to be. I think I think I I, I second guessed your top three, but we'll see when we get there. But. Oh man! Well, if you listen to my show, uh, you probably know my number one. There's a good chance you know my number two. And uh, Neil, if you get all my three, then we're just even better friends than I thought. So, uh, But don't hold that over me because I think, if I'm being honest, I might know only one that's definitely – well, two. I know two that are definitely on your list, but I don't know where. And so like any other list, I told Neil, cool, let's do it. Let's bring five to the table. Um, even though 25 honorable mentions would be easy to do, try to hold it down to one. So we're going to talk about six sci-fi shows apiece, see how much crossover we have, and uh, who knows, maybe we'll put a show on somebody's radar. But uh, Neil, let's kick start this thing off because, geez, it's really late where you are. 
Uh, yeah, we uh, rapidly hurtling towards 11 p.m. So, um, <laughs> you know, way past my bedtime. For a man of 45. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you, man. And uh, you know, come to Texas. That's what I keep saying. Come to Texas. <laughs> All will be better. Uh, maybe even a better job. Hello. All right, cool. Well, uh, let's kickstart this list off with something that doesn't quite make your top five, but it is a sci-fi show you do like. Oh, well... I had to. I I struggled over this one. I I, I I toyed with two, and I ended up having to bump something that I am ashamed to have bumped, but I had to bump it. Uh, and that is probably what you thought was going to be in my top five. Uh, and that is the the British classic Doctor Who. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's been it's been on since what sixty two, sixty three. It's, it's, it's still the, literally the longest running sci-fi TV show. Yeah, still going. I mean, it was it was a staple of, of a, a British household back in the the seventies and eighties, and you know we would watch it all the time. I have so much love for it, but it's not kind of there were things that inspired my love and direction more than Doctor Who because I think Doctor Who was just it's it's been a constant, so it's it's never been. All these other shows on my top five have gone away, and you miss them. Doctor Who's never gone. It went away for about ten years, but it's never really gone. So it's, it's it's you can't really have the nostalgia with something that's still there. So yeah. So let me ask you a question: Do you have a favorite Doctor? A lot of times in these conversations pop up, you hear people choosing their favorite Doctor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, people always sort of say, you know, I, I grew up with Tom Baker and. Um, Sylvester McCoy, um, but yeah, I mean, that, that, Sylvester McCoy is probably. I mean, only because I had a massive crush on his assistant uh, Ace, um, uh, and, and yeah, so um, I think Sylvester McCoy was my doctor. But I loved David Tennant, I loved uh, Matt, Matthew Smith, uh, and Christopher Eccleston. But um, yeah, so I, unfortunately, so I had everybody. to bump it. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Um, you know, I I don't know why you assume, I, you know, just because you're British that I would say that the British – I actually forgot about that show because that show is not on my list because I did not grow up with Doctor Who. I got my dear friend Johnny Staggs who's a massive Doctor Who fan, and that could be the guy that you have a Doctor Who conversation with. But when I visit him – uh, a few years ago, he actually showed me the very first Doctor Who episode, so I can see say that I have seen the very first, you know, old black and white episode. So I got that going for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to apologize to Johnny now that that it was either going to be like an honorable mention or number one. It, it, it was kind of, you know, it was. <laughs> That's all right. If you're comfortable with it being your honorable mention, I am too. I'm going to roll over to my honorable mention, Johnny. It's a show that I love, but it doesn't quite make the top five. It is from Gene Roddenberry. It's Andromeda from the year 2000. The reason that this show does make my list in the sense of an honorable mention is because I really respect everything Gene Roddenberry does. I think it has a really cool pilot episode. Uh, I really like the story concept, but I really like Kevin Sorbo. Like To me, Kevin Sorbo can do no wrong in his acting. I don't care if it's Walking Tall Part 2. I don't care if it's Hercules. I don't care if it's God's Not Dead. But I really do love him in Andromeda. And this show had five seasons, and it featured some pretty cool guest stars. 
it does have that early 2000s CGI visuals, but the funny thing is they don't annoy me. Like, they're done in a sense that it just works for me because it matches the overall beam kind of tone of the show. But, uh, yeah, man, so uh, um, a show that is important to me. I do like it. I did watch it, but it's just kind of a narrow miss is uh, from 2000. Andromeda, have you ever seen it? I, if I... It- like briefly, I mean, it, it certainly wasn't something I'd watched extensively. Um, you didn't binge it, but you might have caught it on the tube. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've I've seen Sorbo in a in a in a Starfleet uniform, so you know, I've I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think because we used to have Saturday afternoons, they used to have sort of randomly have things on, you know, like Sequest would be on, and oh, wow. um, yeah. <laughs> That's another one that could have got an honourable mention. I enjoyed sure. it. Sure. But, um, yes. Um, yeah, but it, it was never really serious. I really caught too much of. Yeah, and I would say, too, for a lot of folks who maybe haven't seen Andromeda, the pilot episode, is, it's kind of like a two-parter, but it, it's really fun. It, you know, it's not as big as some of the other sci-fi shows that are obviously going to be on uh, our list today, but it's one of those things, if you just want to see this, you know, a sci-fi show that you've never seen with a concept that's been done a million times before, but with some small variances, check out Andromeda. It usually streams for free on Tubi, so there you go. But... Uh, all right, Neil, let's uh, break the ice. Let's get into our top five list. What do you got for number five? Well, I'm kind of going a bit out of left field, but this is a series I got obsessed with about five years ago um, when it was all on. I believe it went on to, on to Prime, and I just binged all five seasons of it, and that was 2008's Fringe, which I, I don't know how much you've seen of it, but I got I was obsessed with Fringe. I, I read books. I read, you know, I, I watched the series. It was a I think it even turned into a comic at one point. Um, but it's it's just fantastic. The dynamic. I mean, to be honest, I don't think it's the only series on this list where um, where um, uh, Leonard Nimoy is going to turn up. Uh, but um, <laughs> he 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 paid like the the sort of ying to the yang of the mad scientist and uh, sort of it started off as a, as a kind of like a, a basic series where they were just sort of you know, it's an fbi division um the fringe division and basically it's into fringe science hence the name fringe so you have a mad scientist who's uh, i would say on the spectrum um there wasn't really any they didn't really discuss that sort of thing back in sort of early 2000s but right. um so he had all these crazy ideas and he was doing all these experiments and uh, and it was kind of just that he a sort of wayward son who kind of he was brought in and he was partnered with obviously the love interest and um it was just kind of like a uh, and obviously Lance uh, Lance Reddick the the lovely Lance Reddick headed up the headed up the bureau um and um it's just it was just amazing so it started off as a, as a general kind of sort of it had aspects of you know JJ Abrahams was behind it so it had hints oh, of hints of X-Files hints of uh, all sorts of other series the Twilight Zone Lost it had all that kind of thing to but as you as tends to be with JJ Abrahams stuff sort of the more series he got in the weirder it got it started going into multiple dimensions parallel universes oh, uh, really? okay. t- alternate timelines it got just a, so sort of in depth and kind of you just got obsessed like absolutely obsessed 
Um, so but, but one thing, Neil, that I'll interject with too, we didn't really discuss any rules for this, but I would say let's keep it light on spoilers. We've done great so far, but you know, I know Julie hasn't seen everything that I'm going to talk about and definitely hasn't seen everything you talk about. And Man, I'd kick my own ass if I ruined anything, so I'm going to keep it light. So as you keep going, just remember. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, that, I, I was thinking that as I was going down, but that that is no spoiler that it starts going down that it's it's such a kind of off the wall uh kind of series it's just you never know you just never know where it's going to go um there's some fantastic if i'm wrong i knew that leonard nimoy was in it but he's barely in it right is he he's not one of the mains or does he not appear a lot okay he comes in probably about season maybe even season four he was kind of a very late addition oh um but at that point, it was kind of things had gone so bizarre that it kind of seemed it seemed quite right to get Leonard Nimoy in. And <laughs> um, but I mean, it's got it's got um, Anna Tor, Joshua Jackson, who you, you probably know from yeah. Dawson's Creek, um, John no, Noble, Mighty Ducks, bro, come on! <laughs> I didn't watch Dawson's Creek. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, Lance Reddick, um, um, just you know, JJ Abrahams was the. Um, was the director a uh, creator and it was just a fantastic show nice and how many seasons you said five five yeah okay that's not too bad i think i actually own season one something i picked up from the library at one point but uh, never never watched any of it so maybe uh maybe that'll be on the list we'll see i i would settle in if you're if because if you do get hooked on it like 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 we did when it first when we first started watching it that'll be you for about two months just well solid. here's the rule now, does it actually have an ending, or does the show get canceled or just stop? Because if it starts to take me down this really awesome storyline and then do nothing with it, I'm not even going to start it. As far as I can remember, it was kind of. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It wasn't a massive cliffhanger, and it wasn't an ending, but it was it was satisfactory, I believe. Okay, okay, cool. So it won't leave me too pissed off. I'm okay with that. All right, man. Well, my number five is from 1993. It is The X-Files. So the reason this show is only at my number five is because I've only seen a fraction of it. I know a lot of people out there, they're thinking, like, there's probably several other shows that could take my number five spot because I have seen a healthy amount, but... The reality is the X-Files is just badass, and I've loved every episode that I've seen, and I have to talk about the chemistry, you know, between Fox Mulder and Dana Scully. Like, it's so believable, Neil, and everything from the detective work, the government cover-ups, the monsters, you know, the monster of the week, the aliens, and the guest spot appearances really to me make the show at least what i've seen very unforgivable and it's definitely one of the top three shows that i can't wait to actually like start it and binge it and just go all the way through and uh yeah just because i haven't seen enough of it i would feel guilty putting it higher on my list but it makes a list just because of the impression it's made so yeah number five well i mean this this it came out at the i think i must have been about the trying to do some maths now 14 15 it came out at, at like perfect time for for young neil to to just like in the uk we only had four tv channels when when i was growing up no we had no cable there was no no satellite uh it was four tv channels um and when x files was sort of debuted it's an absolute smash i would every friday night 
X Files. Just, uh, just, uh, uh, inc- and, and for somebody who was just starting to get into horror uh, really heavily, yeah, the, uh, you know, you didn't know like like it would be what one one episode would be pure aliens and 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 sci-fi, and then one would be you know these creatures from the circus that were like mauling people, and then you just never knew, like every so oh, what's it going to be this week? What's it going to be? And you'd get that bit at the beginning where it would be. It'd kind of show you like the setup and just like, yeah. is it, is it, is it, oh, I think it's going to be horror. And, yeah, then, yeah. and then you're off. Um, I, horror and aliens were my two favorite episodes. They got a bit heavy on the aliens by, by it's sort okay. of season, God, how many seasons did they have? Nine, ten, whatever they had. Um, but they, they, I quite like the fact that, especially the first few seasons, it was all, everything was standalone stories with a slight overarching main story so in the beginning it was a lot more episodic before taking the big story arc thing yeah uh, but then okay. once the stuff yes there's certain there were certain themes that started to pop up more and more and then it sort of by further on it was you you know you would have four or five episodes that were almost completely if you'd missed one you were never going to catch up again and well luckily um, we uh, exist in the world of binging now where you can run through it but i can imagine growing up and then missing an episode probably would have just made you insane it was frustrating because there was no, you know, if you hadn't, if you hadn't have dialed your VHS recorder to to, to program it to record it when you were out, or it missed the beginning or it missed the end, that's mm. it. You you were done. It was just... yeah, buddy. You got to highlight the TV guide for that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I just incredible series, chemistry, storytelling, the writing. The How about that head. theme song too? The theme song, just... so so iconic. Just, yeah, I mean, I, I remember all the. It was when it first came out. You did, like the composer got pretty famous off <laughs> off the back of that, as they should. And I believe, I, I think it, I believe there was a story behind the theme tune. Like it was just there was some. I can't remember what the story was now, but it was some ridiculous way that he came up with it, or he just whistled it because the person playing the thing couldn't get it right. And then they just went. Well, isn't that usually how some of the like one hit? I hate to say one hit wonders, but you know the bangers when we hear them, like John Carpenter Halloween theme. You know he played it on bongo drums, something he has always played as a kid, and yeah. now it's like one of the greatest horror movie themes. Which maybe that'd be a podcast episode we do in the future, like top five horror movie themes. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, and before we move on, I will give it a shout out to Andy because I know Andy absolutely loves <laughs> the X Files. So good on you, bro. But let's keep it going, man. What do you got for number four? Number four, I am going way back to the eighties, and basically Sunday, Sunday night, you're getting in that kind of. Oh, it's the end of the weekend. I've got school tomorrow. I need something. I need a buzz. I need something to f- finish strong on on a Sunday night. What we used to get was a little show called Quantum Leap, <laughs> and just all that program just I mean you, some of the stuff you watch now is ex- extremely politically incorrect so, some of the some of the themes that went on uh, I mean you've seen the meme the um, he looks in the mirror oh boy I'm retarded and he closes the mirror and he's a down syndrome kid and he's oh my god you'd never get away with that now no but, no yeah. but it was, no, I was- Neil, I'll tell you right now, Julie loved Quantum Leap growing up, so because of her, I actually tried a couple of episodes, and I, I thought the same thing. I was like, this shit would never fly today. <laughs> I, I've only seen a couple of episodes because it happened to be on TV, but 
uh, talk about one of my first experiences with Quantum Leap is is whenever he's a member of the KKK. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> They they actually tried to do a reboot in 2022. It, um, isn't it still going, or did they cancel? Uh, it? It's on Peacock now. I, I only found out about it today that it was oh. even on. So oh, I, it's, it's I not made all the advertisements. Yeah, oh, it's not made it over here. Um, gotcha. But basically, you know, you've got Scott Bakula as the you know your your, your lead. You've got Dean Stockwell. Who I think we lost this year, just recently, actually. It was recent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's his sort of hologram pal um and it was just like uh, again it was it it, it was it, frustrating because you just wanted an episode where he just got home right um and i i i don't know if I, you know when you you think you know something and I, I swear there was an episode where he went home very briefly but then had to leave again but i think that might be a myth it might be one of those where i swear i swear i saw it uh, but I'm not sure it was real. That kind of making um, stuff up again. Yeah. <laughs> also, Dean Stockwell passed away in 2021. Man, where is time gone? Kidding me? Really? That's what IMDb says. God, I'm getting a lot of that Mandela effect at the minute. Like, I swear it was this year for some reason. But what do I know? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but again, I mean, it, it lasted. Oh, what did we get? There were like 90 odd episodes, so. That's a good chunk. Yeah, I mean, it um, it was a great show. It's just that you always had the at the end of every episode, you would always get it show you the next leap, and then it, and then it would pick up the next week. So it, it always ended with the start of next week's show. Which Man, was... that reminds me of another show, but I won't say it just in case <laughs> it pops up on your list. But if not, remind me to come back to this the quantum leap thing. But yeah, I mean, I don't I, like you say. I don't, I don't know how much you you ever saw of it, but it was again. It was it was Sunday night. It was like you finish your uh, Sunday dinner, and Quantum Leap was on. Then it was bath time. Then it was bedtime, and then it was all that bullshit for the next five days until you get until the weekend. We got X Files and Quantum Leap again. So. Well, let me ask you a question. When's the last time you watched it? <sighs> okay, exactly. So, Julie. Like praised about this show and said she loved it growing up, and she, I think she rewatched an episode somewhat recently, and she's like, it does not hold up. Uh, I, yeah, but I mean, it's I, I'm not there, there's not much from the 80, uh, late eighties, early nineties that holds up at all TV wise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it runs almost purely on nostalgia. Oh, <laughs> but, for sure. Uh, but I mean, it was the it was the episodes where. Uh, he'd kind of run into like real life historical figures. So I think he, right. Buddy Holly, I think was one Marilyn Monroe, he ran into, um, you know, so, so it was, there was some heartwarming stuff. There was some comedy. It was kind of, uh, <laughs> the hot man stuff. I'm out. <laughs> very, <laughs> sort of very, um, you know, lowest budget sci-fi you could do with the, the actual the only real sci-fi stuff was the fact he could teleport everything else right. you could film on a farm in in, in minnesota you know it's like what yeah. do you think of scott bacula as an actor do you like him <laughs> or is that your only reference no i mean obviously uh star uh, stay was in one of the star treks wasn't it was it deep it was a deep space no, no it was, was enterprise a, enterprise from the early 2000s um, yeah no i mean there was a time where he was in quite a lot of stuff um Sort of, in, uh, but for a certain type of character, I always thought he was great. Like okay. that kind of everyman. 
I think as well they also like he's an everyman. He's like your next, you know, quirky next door neighbor or kind of just somebody that hasn't got too much charisma. Just, <laughs> yeah, he he does kind of have that monotone uh, expression, but I guess he'll always be quantum leap for most people. Yeah, I mean, uh, he kind of, and that was quite early in his career. I mean, where do you go from there? It was kind of like well, he went to Star Trek. He go into space. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, let's go over to my number four because my number four is from two thousand two. It's Firefly, and so going in. I would have never thought that like science fiction and Western would go together so perfectly, but Firefly features an all-star cast, man. It's got a great theme song, as most of these sci-fi shows do. It has engaging storylines, but it was so short-lived, and it only had 14 episodes and one movie, but maybe it was ahead of its time. I know the reason it got canceled is because it aired out of order, but honestly being a show that's only 14 episodes with one movie gives it outstanding rewatchability. And so Firefly, man, you could watch it every year and it's crazy to look at this show from 2002. And so many of these actors have gone on to so many great things like Nathan Fillion, you know, and uh, Gina Torres and, and everybody, but it's just, Oh, I would leave people out if I didn't mention everybody's name, but I'm not going to do that to everybody. But just Firefly is a show that you can stream for free, but it's so good that you might as well just buy it because it's always cheap and it's totally worth it. So uh, have you ever seen Firefly? Do you know what? I have never seen an episode of Firefly. I have what seen... I thought. I thought we talked about it and you told me you'd never seen I've it. I've seen the movie. Oh, oh. <laughs> I've... Oh, I just kicked a hole in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen... There was a documentary about trying to save Firefly. Okay. Which I can't remember what it was called now, but it was basically just a lot of women crying a lot. Middle-aged women crying. Do you always like to just watch the end of a movie or read the end of a book, Neil? I mean, that's what you're doing. (laughs) That that movie in Captain the TV show. In my defense, I didn't know there was a series. I just saw a movie. That's fine. That looks cool. Watched it and then found out that there was... I don't know what is going on here. Uh, <laughs> like there's no character development here. Like, yes, I, there is. Yeah, but there was a lot. Of okay, films, a lot of films so like now, that in the early 2000s. To be honest, now <laughs> I don't know if it hurts my feelings that you've seen the movie and you haven't. Like, it was it just not good enough for you to go back and watch the show? <laughs> um, I, 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 I tell you what, I'm really, really good at completely missing the the kind of fun zone of a series. So like, people are being really into something, I'll completely miss it. I'll only start watching it about five years after everybody else has stopped talking about it, and then I've got nobody to talk, you know, talk about it with. I mean, I've done it with. I mean, I've, I've never seen Game of Thrones. I've never seen Lost. I've, I, I'm just kind of. I, I always miss, and then I get to a point. I'm like, well, what's the point in watching it? Because everybody's already had their big conversations about it, and I'm just. You've like, already listened to a podcast on it, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pointless. Absolutely pointless. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, here, here's the deal. Is normally I won't hold this stuff over your head, but being that I know you and you like sci-fi and the show is only 14 episodes, you should knock it out. It's very fun watch. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, some of the crap I've watched. I mean, I, I, I should, I should watch something that people say. Is yeah, good. next time you feel like watching, you know, uh, some <laughs> mutated shark movie, I would say. <laughs> Definitely watch that movie, but then watch Firefly also. And shout out to Ed the Undead. This is probably his favorite sci-fi show of all time. Oh really? Okay. Well, yeah, I, I, he absolutely I, loves it. I'm go- yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to have to watch it then, aren't I? Just to 
We're teaming up on you, bro. <laughs> and, and here's the reality. Julie has never seen it, but it's going to be our next show to run through. So now the challenge has been set forth. Who's going to watch it first, Julie or Neil? Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> but cool, man. We're getting into the dangerous top three territory. The two that I thought would be on your list have not popped up yet. So let's let's see if I'm getting close. What's your number three? Uh, I think I think you probably know what I know this one. Um, now there's basically this was going to be a show on its own. I remember a couple, last year, year before we discussed talking about this very series as a one-off show. Uh-huh. Um, it's a, a really kind of nostalgic for me personally because when my my dad wouldn't let me watch kind of horror when I used to go and visit my grandma it was our little treat is whenever it was on we'd we'd sneak away into the back room and we would watch um 1983's miniseries V um she would she would let me stay up late she'd she'd let me watch it she would um just it's such a like for me a special kind of uh sort of memory of just every every time I was around there and V was on we'd sit and watch it and um, I managed to find ways to watch I used to get the the uh, the, the the annual I used to I uh, got the novels um, just uh, but it was just, I was just obsessed with it because there was nothing kind of on that scale kind of really at the time uh, TV wise I mean obviously there was in movies and stuff you would get but for T and when you think of the people that were on it I mean, Robert England one of his first yeah. roles um, and just just the sort of the whole concept of it, of the alien invasion, and sort of then a sort of resistance kind of embedded in, and then they come in peace, and then sort of it wasn't till way way into the ser- into the series that it kind of things started not quite being right, and then people saying, "Oh, they're the, you know the lizard people, lizard people," and then yeah. <laughs> you've got the iconic before you even saw that anybody was the iconic rat scene. Um, and then there was just that, that that one thing that always sticks in my mind is the the sort of pushing and shoving match and the scratch on the face and you just saw the lizard the lizard yes. face underneath. Just, oh man, this is good. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, correct me if V stands for vagina, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Good show. Yes. Um, and I mean, there were there. I mean, they, they there was a few kind of they went back a few times. So you had, so I think you had uh, God. What was it? V. V the miniseries, then you had. Uh, you can have to help me out here. V the. So well, here's here's the reality of this: is I've never watched this show, but I did watch what they did release on DVD because I didn't know it was a show. And so, here, mm. was it a movie first or a show first? Because the first DVD that I got, which I've seen all the way through, was called V. I think it was the original series, the miniseries, yeah. whatever. But then I was pissed off to find out there was another DVD called V the Final Battle. That's that was it. supposed to be the Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And this supposed to be the end cap to it. And I never seen it. And then now I have V uh the T V show season one and I don't know what's happening anymore, <laughs> Neil. It it got messy. Um okay. uh, but that's But not of... too messy because it makes your top three. Exactly. I mean, it was just, especially sort of for, for a, a kid. Uh, I mean, I would have been 1983, five, six years old. Just that kind just of. Just to make you feel older, I was negative one. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> just kind of that developing <laughs> kind of love for sort of that type of show, the sort of horror sci fi kind of. Yeah. Uh, it, would, it was just 
I was obsessed, absolutely obsessed. I mean, I've still got the novel somewhere uh, on my bookshelf. Um, and when we were going to do that episode, I rebought because I couldn't find my old copies. I rebought the the original um, two part okay. uh, opening thing. So I'm I need to rewatch that, but. Yeah, and we will do that. I mean, especially now knowing that it's in your top three. Um, I, I assumed it was in your top five because we've had conversations about it. But that's really cool, man. And I'm glad it holds such a special place in your heart. And it, you know, also I'm, since Julie's never seen it, it'd be great to rewatch I mean, it and see it with her. I was they because they rebooted it uh, a little yeah. while back, and it was really good. They the, the series I, they canceled it out of nowhere. Um, so, what did you think of that main actress in V, the one that appears on the cover? She's a the short, dark-haired woman. Oh, the yes, yes. Um, just they—they they really pick their women well when they do a V series. Oh, do you like her? Yeah. Why well, are you going to? Yeah, she's a main character in Firefly. One of them. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, well, you should uh, yeah. watch it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't know that though because I've never. I seen know, it. but see, now I helped you. I can be like, oh, dude, she was in the remake of V. There you go. <laughs> Well, also there was quite a few because wasn't um, the girl that was in it? She went on to be. Did she become Supergirl? Oh, she she was in something. Um, but uh, I'm probably talking about one of the other actresses, right? So, yeah, but yeah, fan, fan, the, the remake was fantastic. I was gutted when they was it when they um, when they uh, cancelled it. But we're not talking about that reboot. Then. It, it wouldn't be <laughs> modern television if it wasn't something that was great and got cancelled, right? No, exactly, exactly. All right, so now we're about to put you to the test and see if you knew that this was in my top three. I'll be honest with you, Neil. I know I kind of had my list ready, and it didn't change much. It was pretty set in stone, but when I think about what my favorite three sci-fi shows are, it's I, I can't live without either three of them. Like To say they could go in any order wouldn't necessarily be true because I put them in an order, but when I think of these three, these are I'm talking about 1997 Stargate SG-1. So, it's a fascinating show, man. Based on the movie, right? It picks up where the film leaves off. It's It had 10 seasons, okay? It was the longest-running American sci-fi TV show of all time. And it's got one of my favorite characters, you know, named Daniel Jackson, played by Michael Shanks. He's such an awesome character. The show, it... it produced a couple of movies afterwards it had two different spin-offs including an animated one so i guess three different spin-offs but i love the episodes because they travel to new worlds and they meet new people they see new cultures and they try to help everybody but the visuals for stargate just they still hold up i mean the, the, what a wormhole looks like awesome the acting to me top notch the comedy is great it's um it's a fun show it the stories are great the music's great but the reason that this holds a special place in my heart, you want to talk about nostalgia, is this is what got me into sci-fi, to be honest with you. Julie says that, you know, she I tell her a lot about my childhood growing up, and I liked Power Rangers and VR Troopers and all these shows, and I didn't ever thought about it, but those were action sci-fi shows for kids. And so I guess my love for sci-fi was always there, but it really wasn't until watching Stargate SG-1 that I really discovered that I was this uber nerd inside. And that was the first show I ever binge watched because I went through all 10 seasons. And, um, you know, they say it's like, it's called Stargate, but my dude, it, it was my, 
it was my gateway, if you will, into science fiction. And um, honest to truth, man, I think it's it's a series that needs to be rebooted and soon because there's so many different things that you can do with it, and uh, it just never gets old. So my number three, 1997. I don't care if you love it or hate it, but it is Stargate SG. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I adored the film, like one one of my one of my favorite sci-fi films of all time. Yeah, I did watch most of the series, but you know when something just doesn't, just didn't quite hit me like the the film did. Not possible. No, this show's great. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> no, see, so, so you tried out the show and you liked it for a while, and then you just kind of fell off the bandwagon. Pretty on it. much, yeah. I it's mean, a long show, and they do take some twists and turns. And I, I don't want to say either you like it or you love it or hate it, but you know, not everything can be everybody's cup of tea. But it's cool that you like the movie because Kurt Russell is great, James Spader is great, and to me, Neil, it's one of those things where. A long time ago, I would have kicked anybody's ass who had said like a TV show can be better than the movie because that doesn't even seem right. Movies have bigger budgets. Movies mm. traditionally have bigger. But I don't know, man. I think they hit the uh, the head of the nail on this one because it it went for ten years. Like, how could that be bad? Mm. Well, I mean, uh, I think oh, when did it come out? Ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah, ninety seven. I mean, I I think what didn't help is the fact that I would have been like nineteen. And and you I would have been too much into horror. I I was also probably you know too busy taming strange. You know I you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I wish, uh, but I, I I think I'd just gone. I was probably at that point in life where you know I was then because I was old enough to go to movies and watch like eighteen rated films or you know sure, R rated sure. movies. It was kind of like, well, this is yeah. pivotal when it came out, Neil, because you got to watch it. And the first like beginning of the show was an HBO thing, and then it got sold to Sci-Fi and became a you know the Sci-Fi Channel thing. Mm. But like if you stick with the show, you can actually watch it go from uh, a four by three aspect ratio standard definition to a sixteen by nine high definition. Like you see not only the development of the characters but the <laughs> filming lens as well. And uh, I don't know, man, pretty cool stuff. But the cool thing is you can go and seek out just a couple of different episodic episodes. And even though they do kind of like you said earlier with the, uh, another show that they developed an arc and they kind of go with it where they become like six or seven different episode miniseries consistently, um, this is one that you can revisit some of your favorite episodes and they're just good. Oh yeah, I mean it's got MacGyver. Come on, uh, Richard Dean Anderson is you yeah, gotta love him. <laughs> Amanda <laughs> Tapping, like just everybody's great. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I always remember enjoying whatever I watched. It's just. I think I my attention span for series it kind of started to dwindle by that point, and it was kind of like I just it's didn't okay. didn't have the energy for it. But before we leave the the subject, I'll give a shout out to my boy Randy here on Mars because I talked him into watching this, and he and his wife loved it. And so, just a shout out because uh, man, he made it through all ten seasons, and he was all about it. Well, I think that's what scares me is I think if I started to rewatch it, I would go down that rabbit hole and, and like, I, I don't get a lot of free time as it is. But this... Well, and this one, I mean, I know we all know how to find ways to watch TV shows, but this one isn't as easily accessible. I think it, at best, it's an MGM thing, but it doesn't stream uh... on any of the, It used to be on Hulu and then fell off, you know, when everybody started saying, we, we own this, so we're going to have our own app with it. But, you know, if you want it bad enough, you'll find it. Oh, ways and means, Dave. Ways and means. Uh, <laughs> Neil, I'm going to hand this over to you because I'm curious about your top two. What is number two? What almost is your is your favorite sci-fi show? But you, you just love it so much. 
Come on. Well, again, this is this is this was a staple of the uh, of the nineties for me, which was you know after school, six p.m. Star Trek: Next Generation. <laughs> every it was once it had been on, they repeated it, and it was on every single day, Monday through Friday. You would have it should be yeah at six p.m. every single day was and it was just it was just comfort food. It was like just it could go on if you're doing homework, if you were just doing something else, if you just you know it was just on. It was just on constantly. Like um, and it's it's it was just one of my favorite. I mean, obviously, I adored original Star Trek, but this just it just hit different. It was yeah. just. They they subtly changed it so it it just kind of it just hit the time we were living in like it's next generation right it was your generation my man exactly it it just you could have been Wesley (laughs) I wish the the crew were just perfect I mean obviously Picard is just iconic hugely iconic. Um, and is it because he's British again? Is, it, is that what's happening? Oh yeah, this is this is all okay. And if you yeah, want to watch Next Generation, just turn on BBC. There it is. <laughs> BBC Two, six pm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, just everything with you know him, jo- uh, Jonathan Frakes, and oh, so good. You know, we're not gonna you know let us start getting into uh, Deanna Troy. Um, they, right. uh, I'd love to get oh. into Deanna Troy, but you know, Wharf. Um, just, uh, just uh, Crusher. Everybody, it's great yeah. crew, great crew. Um, Denise Crosby actually met at a con uh, a couple of years ago. She was very oh, nice. Oh, cool! Yeah, she occasionally does cons over here. Um, I've seen her pop up at some. I have yet to meet her. Did you get her autograph, or did you just say hi? No, I just said hello. Um, She's bet- like, "Do you want my autograph?" You're like, "No, that's cool." <laughs> I said, well, De- Deanna, the last one I attended, Diana Troy was there. Um, oh wow! She, she's just moved back. She just Marina, she, sir, yeah, yeah. She quit America to come back home. Um, yep. And, After her husband passed, I know she went yeah. back home. So, so um, she's back here now. So she does a lot more. She does quite a lot of cons here now. Um, well, Neil, but, I, I'll be honest with you. I had no idea that you liked Star Trek: Next Generation this much. This makes me really happy, dude. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't. I you know, I, I I left Doctor Who off. I can't. I can't. I could imagine me leaving off Doctor Who and Star Trek: The Next Generation. I mean, people wouldn't take me seriously. Like, I'm not sure I'd be welcome back on the show, to be honest. You know, Star Trek, Star Trek: The Next Generation is like the most beloved Star Trek of all time. Like anybody you go to, it seems like you have diehard Trekkies, which I am, and you have people that don't really like Star Trek. Oh, but they watched Next Generation though, because it was that time period and it was a good show. So I, it's just cool. I didn't know you were in that vein, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's just kind of because I I, ne- I was never sort of as much as I kind of loved the original Star Trek. It was not going to be in my top five because it was just it wasn't a series that kind of didn't resonate with you. Resonated with me, but this did. Okay. This this kind of sure. I think maybe it's because I was there at the start. Maybe you know if you're there at the beginning. Also, yeah, watching it live on the tube, man, that's cool. Yeah, I, I think that helped. The fact that it's just I was there through the whole run, and then obviously when you can it, be tortured through those cliffhangers. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, again, we're talking about back in days where there was no, there was no. You got to wait a whole season. <laughs> exactly. There was no redo. There was no kind of watching ahead, or they released it all in one go. You, you had no. to wait that week, or at the end of the series, you had to wait three months. So you know it. 
Yeah, just a great show. That's cool. You're going to make a lot of people happy because uh, Next Gen is amazing. All right, my man. My number two, 1959, it's The Twilight Zone. And so it's the greatest example to me of horror and science fiction. Rod Serling is a man after my own heart, I swear. This show, it always manages to find a way to captivate its audience. Every episode feels like poetry in motion, and it has some of the greatest stories of character development along with some of the most like gut-wrenched, just gut-punched you know, twist endings. And... It's hard not to put this at number one, but you know why it's not number one. But I'm really cool with it being at number two because when it comes down to it, like my one and two, I love these two shows equally because I watch these two shows the most. But I can't go a few days without some old school black and white Twilight Zone in my blood. I got favorite episodes. I'm going to do a favorite episode list of that coming. I don't know how soon. I'll say this year. But man, I mean... It doesn't get much better than the original Twilight Zone, does it? No, I mean... It, They've tried multiple times, but you always <laughs> got to go back to the original. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of... Uh, I was I, uh, kind of more of an uh, The Outer Limits fan. That's okay. <laughs> which which I was essentially a, a, you know, a Walmart version of, of, of Twilight Zone. But it was... Uh, <laughs> Twilight Zone, I mean, it has, it has the more... you know, If you were to sort of name an iconic sort of um short that was in you would always pick one of the you know the twilight zone they're some of the best ones i mean you had the that was the terror at twenty thousand feet was on there wasn't yeah. it the, the richard uh was it richard batherson uh, story it's based on he's got quite a few yeah yeah uh, i mean that's how i that's how i got into him is through watching oh, twilight cool. zone so i i you know got into a lot of uh, those books and then ended up finding Jewel and then, you know, read Jewel because he wrote that as well. And um, just some um, great little shorts. There was the, isn't there the one about the, the, the is it guy stuck in a library? Goes oh, blind. Yeah. Yeah. Just, time enough at last. Yeah. Just some fantastic. So good. Fantastic. So good. And obviously I think what moved it more in, into sort of, you know that kind of myth was obviously the the just all the accidents and stuff on the on the film that they tried to well, make with the the curse of the Twilight That's Zone. a different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but the you know the, the original it'd been it'd been around for a long time, hadn't it? It was. Um, oh, it was fifties, yeah. yeah. But and just, you know Rod Serling, he went on and did more things, and he was always affiliated with the you know Rod Serling was involved with the original Planet of the Apes with the script of it. You know he did Night Gallery and everything, but. It really does come back to these little 25-minute episodes. I know season four had more like the 45-minute to one-hour episodes, which is why season four was a lot harder to find back in the day. But I, you talked about comfort food earlier. Twilight Zone definitely fits that mold of, of comfort food because there are so many episodes that can be your favorite. Just depending on the mood you're in, you want to throw on a real scary one, it's scary. You want to throw on a warm-hearted one, it makes you feel good. You want, And they dance around a lot of sci-fi. That's why it's on my list. A lot of alien stuff. I mean, there's some really cool episodes. The only reason I'm not mentioning them is because I don't want to give away my favorites yet. But for anybody that may think that, no, oh, you know, 1950s TV, I don't want to watch that. It's old or whatever. Yeah, I give no shits. This, you know, not, this ain't your grandfather's show. Like, Twilight Zone will fit for everybody. And uh, it's 
it's really great. Well, yeah, I mean, like you said, they brought it back a few times, haven't they? they the, the, the 80s, they had another stab at it. And, um... Yep, 80s, 90s, and <laughs> today sounds like a radio station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. And, you know, I've I seen a couple episodes of the, you know, colorized 80s one. I've seen a couple of the 90s, the Forrest Whitaker, great guy, great host. But I don't know what to say, man. There's just something about, you know, old school, black and white, high definition nowadays, a uh, yeah. guy in a suit smoking a cigarette yeah. and just telling me what's wrong with my life. Like I've been I mean, I kinda of, I, I sort of grew up reading sort of the Stephen King shorts as well. And they just oh, yeah. they just you can see that there's just It's just like Edgar Allan Poe, man, it just fits. Yeah. yeah, you can see there's been a lot of he's taken from them, they you know, it's that kind of just yeah. amazing oh, series. Yeah. And, and, several several movies nowadays horror and science fiction uh i'm just i'm here to tell you you know i love jordan peele i like m night Shyamalan, but they weren't the first to do these stories i'm telling you right now all this stuff harks back to even poltergeist harks back to the twilight zone but well i think cool everything uh, as they say anything can happen in the next half hour is that was that was that the twilight zone or was that the outer limits so my... that's probably outer limits man okay. <laughs> But Neil, I'm really excited because you haven't said the one I thought of, and so there's a good chance it's your favorite sci-fi show of all time. But let's put me on blast and see if I'm right. What is your favorite sci-fi television show? Well, it was your number five. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> so it, yes, it, it was. It was always going to be the X Files, as, as I said. Like just the the almost cross genre kind of. Uh, way they approach the show and just just incredible show um again like i said for somebody that was so into to kind of horror and as we've as we've spoken about the the sort of having to wait the next week and uh that built you know you'd sort of you'd look at the listing some you know and it kind of sometimes it would be good to not look at the listing because it wouldn't tell you then you just wait to see what happens at the start and then to see what you're in for that week and um just i mean discount the movies because they were pretty ropey but the movies tied in or can i watch the movies uh, on their own if oh, they're, they're, it? they're standalone stuff but i mean uh, you, okay you uh, at that point the only reason to have kind of ever watched the series is just for the like some of the characters will pop up sure um but I mean, I just I just love the, the, the especially when it started, where you had that conflict between the two of them. So you had him as like this weirdo, yeah, um, kind of sat in a dark office with his little UFO poster, and she's <laughs> right. like some Harvard trained doctor who's who's openly put there to discredit him and prove him wrong. Right. So the first thing you get this sort of first sort of few episodes where she's doing just that, and it's kind of this kind of complete conflict, and then just sort of watching her gradually like uh, i can't explain this shit <laughs> right it's kind of like when you watch a horror movie and it's when they're trying to disprove like possession of the devil by saying reasons of insanity it's like the same conflict and then what happens when you get knee deep in it and you start to believe it yourself right and that, that's what happens to her right yeah i mean but there was there was more than one episode where like it gets all right near the end, but then she would say, "No, no, 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 you're wrong. This is what happened." And then almost, then almost run it she back. She refuses, but they'd run okay. it back and show it from her point of view, where it oh. completely contradicted what he, what you'd seen in the whole. Sure. And it was, it was just stuff like that. So you'd watch the whole thing, and then you'd be like, "Please don't let her just, just, just find <laughs> a solution." And it, 
be something stupid because like, it happened a few times where it'd be like, "Oh no, 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 you're wrong. It's it's this," and then it'd be like, oh, for... <laughs> but, "What did we just watch?" Yeah, but that, yeah, I mean, you know, it just uh, and again, they had they had just some fantastic uh, cast that came into that. Um, I mean, you had the what were they called? The three, uh, the, the three the two the three nerds that used to drive around in their camper van. And they sort of they came into it after a few series, and um, I can never you have remember. To tell me, it's your favorite. <laughs> I yeah. saw a couple episodes, you know. I, I've probably seen about ten episodes, and I stopped watching it because I was really liking it. And the reason I was watching X Files at night was it was just a cool show to throw on in the background, but it was a little too cool, and I was getting sucked into it. And I was like, no, no, we need to start this shit from the beginning. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I mean. I just, you're gonna, you're gonna sort of I'll be sucked in. You're gonna when get... Dave doesn't put out a podcast for a while. He'll be like, "Were you watching X Files?" Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was kind of, it was especially around that time. It was like if you were into the X Files, you were kind of part of this kind of cool club uh, yeah. where you would, you know, you'd... I want to be a part of that club now. <laughs> but it's um, yeah, a, a great show, and I'm glad it made it into your list because I, I I thought it might be higher up your list. I didn't know you'd you'd barely seen it. Yeah, well, I got to be honest. I thought I knew your number one coming into this, and the show that I thought was your number one didn't even make your list at all. Neil, what the <laughs> hell? Where is Battlestar Galactica for you, bro? That got bumped for Fringe. Okay. Um, how, that was in there. You? That was in there <laughs> until. But the, you know the reason why I, I took it out is because that was pure nostalgia. I was too okay. young to really understand the show i just loved it and it was more that kind of lights and lasers and it looked like star wars but uh, right uh, well, it, was, as, it was a love letter as, for sure as, well as george lucas uh, tried to sue them it was too much of a, yeah. like star wars because there were several lawsuits that were taken up but uh, star trek came out before star wars i'm just saying george lucas oh yeah yeah i mean uh, but <laughs> i i don't believe don't get me wrong i adored battlestar galactica but it, it, I would have put it in purely. I would have lost money, Neil. I would have bet that was your number <laughs> one, especially after I heard V pop up. I'm like, oh hell yeah, Battlestar Galactica original 1978. That's Neil's number one. How do I know? Because we've had conversations and we played yeah. episodes about it. And yeah. I gotta give shout out to Evan. He's now gonna be mad at you because he loves that show and you didn't back him up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, and uh, you know, Randy loves the 2004 reboot of it. I never seen that. I watched the first. Like big clump like the, of them, and I thought it was all the right. Mini series that they did like a three-hour. But they that were the, the new series. They spent way too long arguing. It was just it was just it was just argument after argument. They I, don't call I, it space opera for nothing, bro. No. Whereas the old one was a lot more kind of pew pew. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of that, a lot of with the <laughs> silence. But again, that, that's all I would be putting it in for is is just cause I've not, because I've not I've not rewatched it since like the eighties. So so it's my fault because I only allowed one honorable mention. That's cool. It, yeah, I mean to be honest, my list of honorable mentions was insane. Like, um, I'll just run them off really quick. So, like, Battlestar Galactica, Doctor Who, Airwolf, Knight Rider, Street Hawk is like one one because technically they're sci-fi because they're um, uh, we had Red Dwarf, which he never really got oh, in the yeah. states, but the British version, not the American one, because that was terrible. Farscape, Terrorhawks, Outer Limits, and what I thought was going to be in your top um, five, which is Power Rangers. But um, okay. yeah, I mean that, that that's I was sat there last night just going, I don't know how I'm going to get 
that's that's like what one two three four five six seven eight nine that's twelve <laughs> that, that had to be glad on I cut you off yeah. <laughs> Good job with the top That's 10. cool, man. I'm I'm glad that you knew I loved Power Rangers so much. I can't recall how many conversations we had about that, and I really debated on putting it in the list, but I think that's going to make a different list that I do later. And so, yeah, no Power Ranger talk on this episode for me, but I'll give you guys plenty later because I got some cool episodes around the way. But I'm glad that people know I love it. <laughs> and that brings me to my number one, Neil, because people know that I love my number one. And when I came into this, I could have made top five star trek episode and just put all of them on there and be like oh all my favorite sci-fi shows but when it comes down to it my number one we're going all the way back to 1966 you gave it a little bit of love i'm gonna give it all the love it's star trek the original series and i can i do i really do consider this the greatest sci-fi tv show of all time because it broke so many boundaries and it established one of the greatest like threads of pop culture in history we got the dynamic relationship between the crew, members of the Enterprise. What about the look and the layout of the Enterprise? It's one of the greatest ships. You know, the messages, the morals. We can talk about everything. The space travel, the discovery. And honestly, when I think about that show, it's just crazy how clever the show really was. Like, it covers so many things that maybe normally I wouldn't watch a TV show like about, like, oh, I don't care about political views and this, this, and this because I feel like it causes all these issues. But... Wait, we're talking about aliens against aliens? That's kind of cool. And then, you know, I'm watching things about things that I didn't think I would watch. And it... Yes, it's my favorite sci-fi show. It's one of the greatest TV shows, period. It had ten movies. You know, well, six original. But I'll, I gotta tell everybody, like, Captain Kirk will always be my superhero, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, I uh, just watched fair amounts of it growing up because again that was a repeated a lot on our tv shows uh on our tv stations Syndication, but, absolutely um yeah i mean it, just everything about it is iconic um the, the costumes the the big chair the the you know beam me up the the <laughs> the fo- the lasers the yeah just, just photon torpedoes baby you yeah, got it exactly the you know cleons are iconic the ships are iconic the just and considering that the, the, the time that that was created, yeah, just something that still looks futuristic, right? But eight, was what, about eighty years after that was made, and still looks futuristic. <laughs> like, yeah, man, they did a really good job. I I know that, you know, it's obviously it's a Hollywood show, but it was still a low budget sci fi show. You know what I mean? And we know things that they did they would you know make costumes and make props use them till they couldn't use it no more and then they stole them away they didn't save anything but when i look at that show i just see a lot of passion a lot of heart like i know that they make this show to sell color tvs and they want to make money and it was a desi lu production and all these different things and you know William Shatner will always be Captain Kirk. He did a million other things, and I don't. I think for a while he even tried to get away from it because he's like, oh yeah, you know, I was in that sci-fi show. But I'm glad he actually embraces it now because he's the captain. Like that'll never be taken away from him. And I tried to get my kids into it. They like that's cool, Dad. Like they're glad I like it, but that's you know that's definitely not their cup of tea. It's not their generation or whatever. And maybe they'd like next gen, but it's really weird because. Neil, I debunk your theory earlier because I didn't grow up with Star Trek. I didn't even like Star Trek until my 30s, and I, you know, I didn't see it really as a kid. I didn't see it live. I didn't even watch that shit in syndication. But 
I stumbled upon different Star Trek themes. I would say I even saw Next Gen before Original Series, and Original Series should have been this corny, over-the-top show, but it is, and it just works for me, man. And so I will always represent Star Trek in any shape, form, or fashion, but I always got to go back to the Original Series and tell you the motion picture is also my favorite sci-fi movie, so deal with it. Well, I think, because Gene Roddenberry was... I think I read somewhere there was either a documentary or I was reading something where he was meticulous about what things should be like, and he was he was really like iron fist, like it needs it's going to be like this. And I oh, yeah, he consulted yeah this, you know scientists all the time to try to get things right. Yeah, and I mean it was just I mean that that ship design has barely changed since 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 original. I mean that's mm. how like iconic that shape is now. Um, I'm just saying in every conversation where the Millennium Falcon pops up I will <laughs> honor it and say the Enterprise is right there with it though, come on Oh, absolutely, I mean somebody that's not you know, considered a, a, a Trekkie, I, I still adore that ship, it's, it's like if I'm if I was drawing spaceships like that would be one that I would always I just, I just love it it's just yeah yeah, it's a it's an iconic show. It makes my favorites. And outside of Power Rangers, was there anything else that you thought I would have had on my list that didn't pop up? No, I mean, I it was it was pretty much I knew well. Obviously, I knew what your number one was going to be. Sure. Um, I suspected that Power Rangers was going to be like two or three purely because I know you've spoken about it a lot. <laughs> and it was I just stop. I was quite, it was part of me hoping you wouldn't talk about it because. I, it completely passed me by because I was too old. Sure. Um, and I, I Never wish too I too old, Neil. I wish I'd got into it because it looks like fantastic. <laughs> but I, it just, I was just just too old, and it was just like it wouldn't have been right. It would have been like the I would have been like the weird older kid that was. Why are you into? <laughs> yeah. Don't don't ask me when I stopped watching Barney because that's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I. I uh, I just thought of the um, I knew Twilight Zone was going to be there, um, but yeah, it's just the Power Rangers. So you know, we, we've got a shock in there for me, really. So that's yeah. Neil. I'll tell you this: I have a vision right now, and uh, if I have the bandwidth to support it, I think once I finally run through X Files, I need to get you and Andy on here for an X Files episode. How about that? Oh, that's sold. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, cool, man. I know it's getting late, so let's wrap this thing up. Let's talk about you for a minute. Yeah, you're my buddy, Neil Frazier, but if somebody's listening to this show because they like sci-fi TV and they wanted to know what we liked, tell them about you, man. You make posters. You do cool shit, right? Yeah, I, I run Neil Frazier Graphics, so I do key art, poster art for films and TV. Um, been working on some pretty cool stuff recently. I just worked with, I don't know if you remember, a band from the 90s called Yellow Card. Um, oh, yes. Yes, I've been working working with them. Uh, just finished doing some work with them, so which is super wait, cool. Wait, for wait, my, wait. So you what? you just stumbled into the music world too? I, Damn it, son! Uh, only because the the director of their latest music video um, got put on to me, and he he was looking to do something for their new single. Um, so we worked on it. Um, uh, the lead singer has a real obsession about his cheeks. I, I found out from doing this. His <laughs> cheeks were never right. His face cheeks it's, were never. Right. It was like it was always too fat. It was always. It was. Oh, it was a whole thing. Trying to get it right, Neil. But yeah. I'm hoping that that because I mean the single's been out since the thirtieth. So um, I've just been asking like what's going on, like because I can't post about it till 
they own it sure. now because they bought it off. Sure. So I'm like, somebody, please just let me post it. I'm desperate to post. It's like my, uh, my well, at least people know what to look for now. One of, yeah, there. I mean, one of my one of my biggest. So, well, it depends. Nostalgic point of view, one of my biggest gigs because I was I loved Yellow Card and um, a great band. Their new song is fantastic, by the way, as well. So I'm glad they're back. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, so you can find me on Twitter, which is uh, Neil Fraser seventy eight. Uh, Instagram, Neil Fraser Graphics. Um, tend to post mostly work on Instagram and work and all that other kind of ranting and raving goes on Twitter so feel free to come and say hello um, work a lot of cons sell my artwork I have a shop um, Shopify store so if you go to my website neilfrasergraphics.com you can, there's all links to them in fact there's a link link tree on my um, any of my social medias if you want to go and purchase something please do because um, Neil needs some money I, <laughs> I need money uh, to lose his job just kidding <laughs> Well, we'll find out tomorrow. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. He spends too much time podcasting with me, but that's cool, man. <laughs> no, I, I love bringing you on here. And honest to truth, man, like you make some of the just most kick-ass posters. Eleven by seventeen is all you need. You know, put it in your office, put it in your man cave. Like you can find some of your the coolest horror movies out there. He's done stuff for Exorcist, stuff for Jaws, just everything few far in between he did one of the covers for the horror movie that went viral called host a few years ago and so there's a good chance you've seen his work he's even got a real kick-ass monsters uh poster that he made i don't know if that one's available or if that one's just for you but i, I honest to truth man if rob was here i'd tell him to his face i like your poster better it well is what it is. that i did purely because i was going to meet richard break and um jeff daniel phillips at a con so um i did that for them um well there you go but uh uh, if if if, uh, if people dig it, I, I will put it on the store if I if I get enough. But um, yeah, no, I mean obviously I've I've been very lucky uh, yeah. to work with some of the people I've worked with and people I I've got to speak to and um, still never get used to you know seeing a seeing comment. That guy. Well, <laughs> it, it's like when you post something and then you get one of you know. Jimmy Simpson, who's uh, the oh, I know, yeah, him. yep, just commenting on it. He was in Stay Alive. Yes, yes, and obviously yeah. in sunny in Philadelphia and stuff. So, um, him just putting a comment on a post, you know, a poster, an artwork I put now. It's just like I never get, never get used to that. Like just like, nah, man, this is weird. Like, <laughs> but <laughs> I was one of the cool guys. He likes well, X Files. It got to a point where. Like if I get an email from somebody, I just don't bother looking them up anymore because it just adds too much, adds too much pressure. Uh, what would you say out of all the posters you've done? Which one's got you the most attention? Would it be the Scream poster? That was pretty hot. The, yeah, the most stolen piece of artwork in the history. <laughs> all because because dumbass here thought because I, I I mean I had, I had like 200 followers when I did that I, did, I had nothing like I'd done any nobody paid me to do any work at that point and I I was like oh well you've got to post the, the high res one so everybody can see how good you are so I stupidly put the highest res one on Twitter which just it's been stolen and I spend probably uh, two hours a week on a Friday night just doing takedown notices for people <laughs> and that's my curse for um, but I've learned, my man. But uh, with the, um, Darcy from um, the driving, yep, she again. There's something so weird. Like 
she was talking about Scream, and uh, um, I spoke to her about something. She said, oh, you did the Scream poster. I'm just like, no, oh, no, 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 cool. this is weird. Because I was just talking, oh. I was talking about that with my friend the other day. I'm just like, no, 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 this is weird now. Like, stop it. You guys can't see Neil, but he's blushing red now. <laughs> yeah, all the blood's leaving. Um, but, uh, <laughs> How's it going, Neil? <laughs> he's talking Darcy. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, again, it's just, it's just, it's just odd. But I love it, obviously, if I, if it ever happens. But um, yeah, so I'm trying my best to kind of make that a thing, and you know, yeah. make it. Yeah, we can't way. leave out. You know, you you did the director's cut cover for Unlisted Owner, and oh, yeah. oh dude, it's cool as shit. It, it's awesome. So. That again, that was one of the. That was that. That was um, that was done as a favor. Like, cause, cause, um, when, when he came to me about it, it was like, he kind of, uh, Jed kind of gave me the job because I think he felt sorry for me because I wasn't getting any work. So <laughs> I think he, he well, was, I'm glad he did. I, I'm very glad he did. But it was kind of like a sympathy. <laughs> it was like a sympathy kind of. When I see Jed at his conventions getting it signed people are buying these blu-rays and posters i'm seeing your work man yeah I mean, and, and people are i wish they'd look it up and they see it was you <laughs> and they see your other work i don't know if people do that you know i maybe i i don't even do that you know i don't buy movies and go who did this artwork but because of you i at least acknowledge and recognize it well I th- the, the biggest compliment i ever get is when somebody will message me and say did you did you do this and normally i haven't but it's like the, <laughs> you're like no no but <laughs> thank you for thinking I did that, that's always a you know I, I find that quite humbling that that somebody will see something and think I've done it because they go that's that's like yeah. your thing and I'm like I was like well, which son of a bitch is ripping me off for a start but and then once I've calmed down then it's like well that's that's yeah. very kind of you that, that somebody thinks I could have done that because uh, obviously as a, as a Anything arty, anybody arty will tell you that you're your only worst critic. Like, this is this is kind of thing you go through where you do something, you think I love it, I love it, I'll never change it. Ten minutes later, you're like, that looks shit. The next day, you come and look at it and just went, oh my god, I never want to see it again. But then you've got you've then got people going, oh, I really like it. You go, no, don't lie, it's rubbish. Next thing you know, you got the Exorcist poster hanging up in Paranormal Pat's room. I'm just saying. That's that's the old version of it. I need to send him an updated one. Well, get on it, buddy. I'm gonna let you go because I know it's running late. People tuned in because they want to hear about our favorite sci-fi shows. We definitely gave them a lot to look forward to. People now know I need to watch X Files, and you, my man, need to watch Firefly. I'm on it. I'm on it. All right, my man. You have a great night. You too, buddy. Thanks for having me. have it top five sci-fi shows with yours truly and neil frazier hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode i know i had a lot of fun prepping for it because i love these sci-fi shows and i know there's a lot of shows that are not on my list that you're probably listening to this episode thinking like why is this not on your list and the truth is i haven't seen it yet like i have never seen the x-files all the way through and it made my list cool but like all of his honorable mentions defect bro 
I mean, I, I've never seen Battlestar Galactica all the way through. I need to watch it. I want to. I have The Star Lost. I have Jason and Star Command. I have Space Academy. Like, I have all these shows I want to watch, but I've been spending so much time watching Star Trek. Yes, it kills me that I didn't talk about Babylon 5 or Millennium, but hey, maybe one day I will. And I was serious about that Parenter thing. Maybe some cool stuff coming in the future. But just wanted to say thank you guys for tuning in and checking out this episode. You hear Neil you know, in there. He gave his credentials. I was going to say if you don't follow him, but you need to follow him. Check out Neil Fraser. He makes some really cool stuff, and he does commission pieces. So if there's something out there that, you know, first off, if you're a filmmaker, you do an independent film or major film, I don't know, hit him up. Maybe he's the guy for you. Also, Check out his store. Maybe there's some of your favorite movies that you, you know, don't love the original cover for. No shots fired there, but sometimes alternate covers look better. It depends. And uh, I know that he's done some Amityville stuff that I absolutely love, and you might too. So I'll let that be that. You guys have a wonderful day, and thank you for listening to the All Things Dave podcast. <laughs>